Hey, Wonderfuls, welcome to episode 475. Nice, nice, important uh, 20 multiples of five number. <laughs> I feel like there's a smoother way of saying that, but I can't think of what it is right now. Anyway, we are on to our boy of summer, Manolo Moreno. I am a big fan of his. I love Dr. Game Show. I adore Joe Firestone. So excited to have him as a boy of summer. I hope you enjoy it. If you're not checking out his podcast and his animation, you'll get more information about that deeper into the show. You should be. He's wonderful. Please enjoy this episode, and I'll talk to you next week. Okay, so you're how many times have you already had to explain to people that you're high strung but yet seemingly low strung? Uh, <laughs> you have like a signature uh, explanation that had you had to lock into place? Not really. I feel like I have a lot of things I have to explain. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like when I meet people, I have to hand them a disclaimer or whatever, uh-huh. like an FBI warning kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um <laughs> So, yeah, one, I feel like I'm a type A person trapped in a type B's body. Yeah. Like, I'm, like, not calibrated properly. Like, I have to, like, usually if people aren't used to um, my deal, I have to be, like, they, you know, when they're, like, oh, you're enthused. And I'm, like, I am excited. <laughs> I don't know. I've what I am right now took a was a long journey. So <laughs> uh-huh. it was. It, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> even to just be able to like in, or, in, in so the journey was like even expressing like I'm having these feelings even if you're not seeing them play across my face every second. Like, Pretty was much. there a time when you wouldn't even have expressed that much? I was, uh, I mean, yeah, if we're going to go straight into it. You know what? Fuck them. I don't know who I'm, who are we avenging that I'm like, yeah, let's do it. (laughs) Go to hell, everyone who doesn't mind (laughs) that we're going right into it. No, I know, I know. But, uh, yeah, uh, uh, it's, wait, what was the question? (laughs) Sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, uh, well, listen. When someone interesting says that it's been a journey, it's really hard for the other person not to be like, "Tell me." Oh, about the journey. okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> I feel like I, you know, when when you interact with babies, and then it's like, oh, they're not lucid yet. <laughs> I feel like I wasn't lucid till my late twenties. <laughs> okay. Okay. And so what, what, so how, like, who were the people that you were attracted to spend time with um, when you were, like, a teenager? <laughs> this is just funny because, like, I feel like we just, like, I know we met uh, over Zoom before, but I feel like yeah. we just. Um, I'm Well, first of all, let's be clear. You're paying me for this session. I, yeah, I know. And I, know. I am fully licensed. Of course. And I am... No, screw it. Let's. I'm going to throw all of that away. Uh. Hi. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> now I feel bad for making you be accommodating to me. No. Um, 
Not at all. Uh, yeah, I feel like for a lot of growing up, I was、um, mostly like kind of、um, stone faced and like non reactive, and、um, I was always like into like trying to be. Funny and all that, but it was always like the deadpan kind. But then I yeah, developed, which by the way is the coolest and most intimidating form of comedy. So exactly, and like I was like, I don't, I didn't realize I was intimidating anyone, and I, 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 I was like, oh man, and、uh, so yeah, I'm, I've been trying to change that, and、um, yeah, it's I, yeah, I just, I was just not aware of how I was coming across to people, even though. People have constantly told me what, <laughs> like I had proper feedback. <laughs> it was just, yeah, I was always, yeah, I was, you know, the classic, like, you know,、um, weird, funny people type of. I always admired witty people and whatnot.、Um, who did so? Who, like, when you're in, like when you liked someone, liked someone. Now I've reverted.、Oh, Now I've reverted all the way back to high school, but like you, but knowing that about you, it feels like you would have been such a hard person for somebody to be like.、Um, I really like you. <laughs> yeah,、um, like you'd be like, oh, I'm not. I don't want to see what his reaction would be. Yeah, I didn't you know, realize. Like,、uh, I feel like that was a sticking point.、Um, yeah,、um, I feel like someone told me later on, like. Uh, a friend where it was, you know, that classic where like you were friends for a long time, and then she's like,、oh, "You, I was intimidating. You, you seem too smart or something." And I'm like, "No, I'm a dumbass. I swear." <laughs> <laughs> I just so being、that. so in this case also being qu- more quiet allowed for people. I mean, it's like that. That you know, the, I be as an actor, I. Feel a lot of shame about acting and feel、mm. like kind of embarrassed and like never want to tell people that that's what I do and I'm always real quick to be like I, I produce a comedy festival、um, mm-hmm. and but the, and and so one of the things that embarrasses me about it、uh, I think is like summed up in this this whole like there was a period of time in which it seemed like everyone I knew had just watched Michael Caine's like How to Be an Actor thing、oh, yeah. and that he, he was very famous for being like don't really do anything just. Make a, your face as still as possible, and everyone else will project onto that, you. I've never tried to do a Michael Caine impression. <laughs> This、good. will be the first、I、and last like, time. Yeah. But like people will people will project themselves and what they what they fear or imagine or prefer, depending on like who they are,、uh, to see on you, right? Yeah. And then, honestly, what, and then you know. Yeah, honestly, I think that that was kind of、uh, almost. I didn't realize a filtering system. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas, like, there were people who were like, "Oh, I always thought you hated me," kind of thing, and yeah.、Um, but I feel like, as far as like、um, uh, whatever relationships or friendships or whatever, it was like at that age, it was kind of like a <laughs> sounds stupid, but <laughs>、um, like the dynamic which it, I feel is. Messed up, kind of in a way,、um, was always like, like the classic, like weird Edward Scissorhands creature, ver- and then <laughs> the other side is like the aggressive, like uh, uh, novelty peaked 
piqued by novelty kind of oh sure person and so uh, that kind of dynamic um I'm so you you're saying that. you were the Edward Scissorhands and yeah I guess and 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 there would be like some person who would represent the Winona Ryder who was like hold me and you'd be mm, like I, I can't. can't I don't have emotions <laughs> <laughs> um, for hands uh-huh. but, uh, yeah um, I would say that that. That was a lot. That's part of the journey of me trying to correct or like, you know, I I feel like all the creative creativity that I garnered, garnered, gathered or uh, developed was I should have just learned social skills instead. Uh Like (laughs) I would have been a cool, (laughs) annoying (sighs) programmer or something. Uh And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> instead of yeah, yeah it's the world's loss that yeah. you did not become a programmer um where did you where were you as a teenager as a teenager <clears throat> i was in a most of my life or all of my uh, most of my academic career was all uh was all small catholic schools and i was in pennsylvania in a small white town um yeah and uh yeah uh it was it was weird. It wasn't like a typical kind of school where like the jocks were uh the soccer team and there were potheads and Yeah. And, I've heard this. Yeah, I've okay, heard this. Okay. This sort of alt jock thing that can happen in like smaller schools yeah. and Yeah. Do, okay, so you've done a lot of these episodes. Can you like meet someone and kind of size up their okay, this is this is how they grew up? Not at all really not at all i don't feel like i've had for almost having 500 episodes Uh i feel like at best i um in (laughs) like i sort of retroactively make it seem like i'm not surprised because Mm. i'll just be like oh that makes sense but it doesn't it only makes sense because the person has like the person telling me the story it makes sense to so it makes sense to me however if the story had been entirely different i'm mm. sure i also would have been like mm, mm-hmm. army brat <laughs> got it got it so there's no like I, like i would be in a lot of trouble if someone actually asked me to predict something because oh, really? i don't think that any of that would go well i think it would be like i would be like the fake psychics that I'm sort of obsessed by anyway, which it would be like, I'm getting small, 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 the small, the word small mean anything to you? Small town, small school. Uh-huh. I'm getting a public high Catholic, Catholic, Catholic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I saw a slight micro nod. Um, like I just wouldn't, you know, Ooh, you could have I said have like you grew up in the middle fix. of Manhattan at a huge public oh, school yeah. and I would have been like, oh, this is all making sense to me now. <laughs> yes. You had to keep to yourself because like, you know, uh, there's just no. Which is also a reason that I think I've never gotten tired of it is that there's no, Uh I'm never like, here we go, another one of these folks. Like there's just no rhyme or reason to it in some ways, Uh which I mean, I kind of, I kind of love. Um, But I did have an awkward realization while you were talking, which was like, oh, 
I think I would have been the, I think I would have been one, like a Winona writer. Hey, like, I think I was, cool. I definitely had crushes on, the like, I had, cru- I had a huge crush. Well, yeah, or just like, I definitely had a huge crush on my f- skater friend, Adam, who just like skated and listened to like skate punk music mm-hmm. and drew a lot of skulls yeah. and like snakes and stuff, but was also still very, like, he still, he still seemed shy. Mm-hmm. And, there was definitely a part of me that was like, I have this crush on this person. We are diametrically opposite. Mm-hmm. And part of the dynamic was me trying to like access mm-hmm. the thing in him that I felt was there that he was like not expressing. And yeah. that's probably really obnoxious if you're <laughs> if you're the person <laughs> no, in that position cool. who's like, please stop getting me to try to open up. I don't appreciate this at all. No, I think... I think that it's I like complementary relationships anyway. It's I, it's cool. Um uh yeah, I've been <laughs> I remember like just like uh someone walking by and be like, "Oh my god, fucking humanoid." <laughs> it's like, no, it's no. Even... Um but it is kind of interesting because like you know how like the we exist on earth because of jupiter happened to like be big enough to like suck all the Wait, asteroids I, this, I just saw that there was something about this really? like i just saw something in like newsfeed i didn't click on <laughs> mostly because i don't click on any newsfeed um all you need is I'm to a read conspiracy the conspiracy theorist who's like i'm the you're not gonna exactly you're not gonna get me to click through mm-hmm. not this time oh. um but i just saw something that is said like Jup- why jupiter was gobbling up all these oh. other things and was i was hungry. like hmm that does sound interesting but i don't feel like this is i feel like this is Fairly new information for me. Uh, Were we taught that? Were we taught this about Jupiter? Uh, I don't know. I feel like it. I was taught it, or maybe I picked it up in a headline from. Uh-huh. Maybe you read it. <laughs> that was like a really old <laughs> article. Yeah. Um, but it's like where like I happened to be forced into playing soccer as a child, and so, um, we grew up together and then like you know how like people splinter off as they develop their personalities like all my friends were like hippie pot smoker friends and um I wasn't but they had my back so like you know I did get bullied but like not as much whereas like you know like they they would protect me overall kind of thing so, so the, the so the hippie pot smokers would protect you from who? Just the regular, not you know, not that all the, you know, I lived in like Pennsylvania kind of, uh-huh. so like I'm not I had I had friends who were from the sticks, but also okay. people from the sticks uh-huh. <laughs> would, would, would you know it was like a you know you know being called a foreigner and all that. Kind of stuff because of what you said it was like totally white community yeah yeah which i didn't realize in retrospect there is a lot of uh, a lot of redlining went on which is a mm. new concept that i learned but existed <laughs> and so it was like uh i lived on the, that side of the quote-unquote tracks and but yeah it was it was kind of like you know republican kind of place but uh yeah, but um, 
it it is weird though like when you i uh i was talking about this with a um with a black girl who was uh uh my girlfriend's sister uh, she just got back from college and we talked about that we're like you know growing up in a white town like it always felt kind of normal but then when you go to like a diverse place and then come back yeah, absolutely and then you come back and you're like how did I do this like and, For sure. and then I feel uncomfortable I feel like all the skills that I had of like feeling normal there like went away and I was like I don't know if I could you know buy a house here or something like that you well know? sure and yet you did and that's where you live now yeah. um, uh no I mean I, well now now I've trapped myself into a corner where I I don't want things to, and I can, and this is very, thank you for your apology. Um, <laughs> no problem. But that is something that has come up a lot on the podcast is um, having people, non-white folks who, for one reason or another, grew up in largely white communities, mm-hmm. ha- have the, ha- do have that same experience. I know you were sharing that experience with, with your girlfriend's sister, but that is something that, that has been fairly consistent mm. um, with, friends of mine and guests on the podcast who are like, yeah, it seemed like I didn't feel like I never would have said like the word racism or felt like that was being like that that was, you know, that I was marginalized in any way uh, until I went to a college that was far more diverse. Mm -hmm. And then it sort of completely shifted the lens through which I looked backwards and was like, huh. You know, mm-hmm. which isn't to say suddenly you realize everyone was racist, not at all, but just that there's the A that just, some people were, yeah. and B like the sort of yeah, and or just like yeah, ig- ignorant racism or however <laughs> you think of it. And you know, I didn't grow up in a in a, like a white community mm-hmm. because I'm because of where I'm from, and um, I so, I mean it's not like I grew up in a black community or a Hispanic community. I just grew up in a fairly diverse community. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I didn't have that experience. And it is very intense for me to imagine either version. Like, it's Some... very intense for me to imagine being one of all the white people yeah. and having, like, one person who's not and what that would be. And, like, how I would imagine people sort of try to assimilate you. Like, we're doing him a favor yeah. by treating him like a white person. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know. Oh, it's all very sure. interesting it's, to me. Yeah, it's weird. And, awkward. and I'm not one of those people that, like tries to shame people for it or whatever sometimes also like i'm not a good person to be on your team because i'm kind of like weird weirdly like (laughs) self-racist um you know it's like my hometown is like known for the little league world series but also where my neurosis comes from but um (laughs) i would like uh yeah it's like looking back i'm like wow these people were brave for being my friend like that's so oh. cool that they felt comfortable around me and like treated me like a normal person <laughs> oh my like, god i don't know yeah not and also i don't know i think like i uh, i identify firstly as a, as a weirdo than anything else <laughs> yeah what's your i i what's your uh cultural background uh, my... your official cultural background <laughs> what's like can I, and and this is a gentle way of me saying can i see your papers yeah, i'm so sorry to have to do this but i am going to need to see no your yeah papers. it's framed uh <laughs> great 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 i'll great. fax it to you no it's okay, uh good. uh yeah my parents immigrated from the philippines um via new york and um uh 
yeah had 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 a bunch of us five kids um one cool thing was that uh i happened like another thing another factor that helped me like survive whatever <laughs> the trauma of existing was <laughs> i had a very social i had that classic like social oldest sister who was like cool and was always like you know introducing me to music and like all that stuff she was into skater guys too and she um would cut my hair and then she's like you should just grow it out and like shave the side and like I did it but I didn't I was like fulfilling her wishes (laughs) of what she's into (laughs) but like it's like it didn't work for me so I was just like a very thin androgynous like humanoid Uh (laughs) it was was like i didn't look like a skater but i was just like a stick who was kind of like leaning this way because of how (laughs) my thick hair was draping over um yeah but uh you know i'm thankful for that okay we're gonna take a break i will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at maximum fun Al Loveland here with breaking news on a revolutionary form of entertainment, professional wrestling. For more, we go to our correspondent, Danielle Radford. Professional wrestling is the craze that's sweeping the nation, featuring fisticuffs and colorful costumes. But who can help us make sense of this world of body slams? Lindsay Kelk has the answer. Sources tell us of an amazing podcast called Tights and Fights, filled with discussions of the absurdity of professional wrestling, plus all the sincerity and hilarity that you could shake a stick at. Listen to the Tights and Fights podcast every week. Find it on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts. And your old-timey radio. As a self-identifying weirdo, what st- what stuff were you into in terms of like reading or watching films or the music that you listened to? Like, was that kind of being assimilated into white culture, or um, were you like, where, what what were you attracted to in the arts? I guess is yeah, what I'm asking. I guess I was like also novelty seeking, but it was that thing where like, um, on my friends listen to like classic rock and so it was like oh I don't need to I was like self-differentiating where like um and I was always like seeking I was like that I don't know if I don't think it's proto whatever it's I was like that stereotypical hipster where it was like I'm gonna you know look look into this band and I'm gonna like order these cds from this label and see what's up because i read a review like kind of thing and um and all my friends like would make fun of my music and stuff and then like after college they'd be like have you heard this and i was like yeah i listened to it you made fun of me for (laughs) i don't know stuff like that um yeah yeah so i was just uh i was you know and uh you know i got into I'm not, I'm very much the opposite of a film person, but when I was growing up, I would just watch indie movies, um, uh, even though I didn't understand it, <laughs> what was going on <laughs> kind of thing, but it was, I was just you're the, When seeking. you say you're very much the opposite of a film person, you just mean like you're not a person who is like, you're not 
doing a movie podcast where you're talking about yeah. like the history of That's... movies and like who these directors were influenced by and yeah there's i feel like i fell off that i you know when you have those friends that talk about like oh have you seen the new black and like um like i'm just getting into like i've seen cronenberg stuff when i was a kid but then uh you know what i mean i'm not watching wes anderson stuff or like Uh (laughs) like i have film nerd friends and and i'm like and they're like talking about the movies that they watch and I'm still I'm 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 knee deep in Marvel movies and s- stuff like that. Sure. Like, you know, I'm not seeking out things I not I'm just going to sit through. You're not and, doing the thing that you were doing as a teenager with music. You were have you were not doing that yeah, with film like Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, I guess that was true. I think that's probably true for me too like I definitely went through a phase in college where like I definitely I I was very excited to find like the foreign film that I could talk about and be excited about that other people would be like I don't I don't know what that is and I don't know that it was like I don't remember doing it because I like whatever internal clock sort of guides you in that way Mm -hmm. I, I don't remember feeling like this will make me seem cooler to people um, or I'm going to feel superior to people or anything like that. I think, but I do think that it was a, a way of, of connecting with people that I cared about and I respected and admired. Like one of my best friends in college, we sort of went through that phase together Mm -hmm. and it was this sort of like way of cementing like a type of intimacy with a yeah. friend, you know, or is like you and I are the ones who exactly. go to Hastings and like try to find weird, you know, German films from the forties to better understand yeah. how this came to be, blah, blah, blah. And like, it wasn't necessarily, they would be like bragging about it to other people, but mm-hmm. it was the sort of like, how do you find your language in certain friendships or, you mm-hmm. know, what makes those things feel like insular or like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Did you have that with anyone? Any fellow humanoids? Who, uh... <laughs> uh, yeah. So here's a cool thing too is that um, uh, I don't. know. It's very not cool, but um, <laughs> so <laughs> uh, it was like uh, I got into um, like the internet chat thing. It was before like internet was internety, and uh, yeah. I was into the IRC thing and. And, like, some of my best friends today, we ended up in New York, but, like, um, uh, we, we were, like, um, comedy snobs going, like, so I had that and stuff of, we were, like, you know, talking about, like, UCB and Mr. Show and, like, all those alt stand-ups and, and trying to write, like, um, Jack Handy. <laughs> Where it was like, <laughs> sure, it was back when you know you had that a lot of energy uh-huh. to be like, I was like always trying to find ways to be like, like an original artist, even though it's impossible. But it was like a brain practice or something. Yeah, and then um, I think that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, and then like it, it was like kind of frustrating to a point. But then like I saw an interview with uh, that. Uh, artist Man Ray and someone asked him how to uh, how do you be original and and he's just like just be yourself and then I was like uh that was like 
<laughs> now a lot of my uh, choices and pursuits involve like, do you know that scene in Terminator 2 when the, the bad guy gets frozen and then he's like walking and then he like uh-huh. steps and and like he's like breaking apart and like, yeah, uh, like it has to, for me, it has to feel like falling, like as natural as falling. And then like hmm. sometimes like people think that like I'm just purposely trying to think of a weird word to say that no one uses uh-huh. but it's just like that's just natural that how like how i naturally fall i guess um yeah i don't know i i first of all i think it's amazing that you used a film analogy <laughs> after everything we were, <laughs> we were establishing um but no i mean i think like that's i think that's a a part of getting older that is still like confusing to me but also like as a younger person that I I think brain practice was such a great way of putting Mm. that because it's so hard to and that's why you know maybe I and sounds like you were drawn to people who already kind of seemed to have something about them that whether they understood it to be figured out or not, felt like a point of view that was coming just from them or felt Mm. like it was coming. Because, like, you know, when I was in high school and, and, you know, I sort of found this group of, like, lovable, like, nerds who were, like, really good chess players but Mm. were also, like, had mohawks and listened to the Sex Pistols, that seemed so aberrant to me and now you know and then as you get a little older like oh my god like my weird friends were like just the most adorably trite like (laughs) you know what I mean like they're still out there like Uh that's such a ubiquitous way of being weird Mm -hmm. that you know I was just in London like walking through Camden Town and just seeing these like 65 year old dudes with like face tattoos and classic 80s 70s mohawks like it felt so, like a, like it's like a you know a little time capsule mm. um but it's not it's like still totally pervasive mm-hmm. and that's like an excellent way to show that you're sort of anarchic or mm-hmm. um anachronistic or whatever um but as a young person like it's hard to come up with something from scratch. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's tough to just come up with something that's so original mm-hmm. and so from like the core of your person rather than like tr- kind of trying stuff on and f- mm-hmm. and sort of feeling like, like for me, definitely kids in the hall, Mr. Show were like, you, some, these guys see some part of myself yeah. that I don't feel gets recognized in other places. Um, and so I wanted to be funny the way I thought they were funny, um, whether or not that was like the right mm-hmm. choice for me, whether or not that was like a thing I was actually good at. It felt like it was getting me closer to something. Does that make sense? Yeah, kind of like, uh, I don't know, like... Uh, Putting on the those ear gauges, stretching out yeah. your earlobe, so that's yeah. so that it's been, <laughs> so it's been big enough for something else more proper and appropriate to fit through, uh-huh. <laughs> which is usually nothing. <laughs> yeah, ear gauges. I'm, I'm sort of glad that I didn't go down that road. That feels yeah. like I maybe could have, and it was adjacent. But um, from a very young age, I feel like people were like. It makes your ears small. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, it does? Like, yeah. 
it actually creates kind of like a bad smell around your ears. So <laughs> probably don't want to do that. And I was like, oh, understood. Yeah. <laughs> like that nip that in the bud so fast. I didn't even have time to become like taken by it. Yeah. Um, I have a friend. Uh, it's part of his act that he how much he hates his dad for taking him to a tattoo parlor for getting him a big tribal tattoo um, ah. when he was 16. <laughs> oh my God. Um, but yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah I, I guess I'm glad that I didn't. I feel like I would have had, if I got tattoos, I would have had, uh, I feel like I would have been cool with it, like weird space astronauts and like vintage robots and that's a great question oh my god i need to start asking people yeah what if you had if you had gotten tattoos as a teenager like what would your tattoos have been that's a great way yeah that's great that's really great god i'm yeah i'm so happy because i so would have gotten like um who's that guy the uh factotum guy uh bukowski i would have gotten is it charles yeah charles bukowski i would have gotten some fucking (laughs) bukowski (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> tattoos yeah i'm afraid i'm yeah i think i mean i definitely went through i went through a bukowski phase. i fully went through a robert crumb phase yeah. which like that would have been really bad if i was been... like i went ahead and got a keep on trucking <laughs> like keep at least it was keep super on trucking. offensive or like mr yeah one of the, yeah. the girls with just like that's giant nipples yeah. sticking out of their like 70s shirts and again it wasn't like you know I st- I'll be honest with you, and maybe this someone will listen to this and like write me and give me a, a great thesis on it. But like, mm-hmm. I when I you know at 13 years old when someone like handed me an R. Crumb book of comics, yeah. um, I, there's no way that like I certainly knew it was subversive, but mm-hmm. like I don't think I knew like if someone had said to me like let's talk about this, mm-hmm. like what's going on here, I would have been like. Um, I feel like he's maybe making fun of something, but he's also possibly a racist horn dog. Like, <laughs> but that can't be real because my friend wouldn't have given me this if that was true. Mm. So it must be ironic, but I'm still not sure I yeah. I understand him. Well, I think <laughs> like what... I'm still, I'm certainly not in, I never want to like, I, yeah. you know, I'm not like, I think... I'm not like seeking out yeah. his work, but. I think like what was good about him was that he stayed subculture and like i feel like yeah. subculture should stay subculture so like yeah, yeah if you're into yeah. it it's fine no one's you know no one's uh, bothering anybody i guess uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah it's like just you know don't be famous famous <laughs> don't be famous famous watch out yeah well you were the guy that if people were like i just found this band you're like dude no yeah <laughs> i already their first album, when it first came out, we could talk about that. We could have talked about yeah, it then. That, but... I think about that, too, where I would do that stereotypical thing where it's like, oh, now that everyone likes it, I'm not into it. But I feel like maybe it's because I use that as my identity. And then now that they're associated with it, then it's like I'm not uh, it's not part of my that. Yeah, I can't I can't use it as part of my identity anymore. That makes all the sense. That makes all the sense. And that's one of the things that I've talked about from time to time with, like, you know, my experience of going to to 
conventions, mm-hmm. which has really grown on me. It went from like a thing I had I had only heard of other people doing that I was like, nothing about this appeals to me. I don't like crowds. Like I mm-hmm. may seem extroverted, but that is the first way to send me to like a hilltop in the middle of nowhere <laughs> is to like put me in a you know giant group of people. Mm-hmm. But also like I very much had that as a younger person where like I didn't I didn't want I mean even for everything I just we just talked about with like how do you find the language in a friendship and like that's like a one-on-one thing mm-hmm. but the idea of finding a whole community of people who really liked this thing that was subversive that no one else knew about that sort of defeated the purpose for me yeah. like you know what I mean? So I would be like, I wouldn't want to see a, a an artist I really liked at a huge venue because I would feel so common or I'd feel like that that, <laughs> that takes away the way in which it informs my personality. And so that's what's fascinating to me about cons is that like, here is this stuff that, you know, when you used to go to San Diego Comic-Con, you were like a small number of nerds who were super into this obscure comic that yeah. no one heard of that you could find the issue there and maybe meet the artist mm-hmm. or whatever. And now it's like... You know, no matter how obscure the thing you like is, there's probably going to be a ton of people there cosplaying the thing, the same thing you do, and people love that. Yeah. Whereas I still feel like I would have been like, oh, I don't, I don't need to see that. <laughs> like this thing belongs to me and one other person and <laughs> alone. Do you know? Yeah. Um, the other, yeah, uh, two things. <laughs> I'm ready. Separate. Great. Uh, the first, I hope, I hope I remember this. Uh, but yeah, the first thing is, um. My girlfriend just, uh, we just started watching uh, Avatar, The Last Bender for the first, I did for the first yeah. time. Uh, the other thing was, yeah, I totally relate to that. Uh, and it's very evident in, um, uh, like, I follow a band until they get to a certain size of venue. And it's like, oh, it's too crowded. They're too far away. And then that's like yeah. the kind of the cutoff where... Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But also, I'm like, I get too tired when I watch bands now. So it works um, out. I, listen, I my back started hurting when I was in my early 20s standing <laughs> up in a, in a theater and be like, can I, will I be able to sit down? Yeah. And will I be able to? I mean, there's, a, that's a good like gauge of like how, how much would I have to like someone to mm-hmm. like brave the 10 things that are required of you to just get to your seat mm-hmm. from buying the ticket yeah. to like getting there Such to parking chore. or walking there or, and then like at some point realizing like, oh, I am definitely the person who like loves to leave before the second to last song now. Because mm-hmm. oh, yeah. that like how, like how much would I have to love someone to be like, I am staying to the bitter end. Yeah. I would rather sit in my seat until everyone else has filed out and then leave if I have like a crowd thing rather than leave and potentially miss some yeah. gem of an encore or whatever. Um, yeah. But I, there are not many people I even go to see, much less like But what if leave. Bradley Cooper sits in on the encore? <laughs> <laughs> you never know. <laughs> uh. That would be <laughs> so amazing. No, I can think of 
the last thing that I did that with. And by the way, also one of the very last things I saw live, which was Jose Gonzalez and String Theory downtown. I was like, there is no way I can leave before this is over. Mm -hmm. And it gave me that teenage feeling. It gave me the teenage feeling of like, this is a small enough theater. And what's happening on stage feels like it's taking me into some sort of transcendental place Mm -hmm. of music that I will... I will be here for as long as they are making music. And it was it was a really cool feeling to have that much enthusiasm because yeah. it was like, oh, I do have this. I do have this like adrenalized, like I couldn't possibly leave now mm-hmm. sort of feeling. And that's so rare for me now. Yeah, I feel like a good, even when I was younger, I thought this like a good set is 20 minutes long, <laughs> which they never do. <laughs> but it's like... No matter how much I like a band, I zone out after 20 minutes. But like yeah. 20 minutes is great. Stand what up. about a band? What about music that is designed to make you zone out? Does that like break the formula in some way? I don't know who I'm talking about. Fish? Like, what am I? What do I even mean? Well, kind of in this, in, to a certain degree, what that concert that I was talking about was very sort of like there were there mm. was it it moved into a. I mean, listen, it was not a jam in any way, shape or form, but it's like abstract enough when you and it's like when it's an orchestra and stuff where it felt like there was this sort of like leaving your body because you're just and that, and I and I never am. I was not drawn to raves as a young person right. for all the crowd reasons we discussed. And like I was not drawn to like the Grateful Dead or Fish or anything like that. So I never had that sort of like feeling of like oh maybe it's okay that i'm totally zoned out maybe it's okay that like i kind of forgot that i had arms for a second like (laughs) yeah i don't know i mean raves and stuff is definitely what you just described i don't know what yeah when people say they're beside themselves i don't know what that means yeah I mean, for the most part, I don't feel like I do either. (laughs) And it's not like I was doing anything. I was sitting in a chair. So it's not like I was like, you know, like in a dance trance. Yeah. How do you, what do you, what do you do in a chair? I mean, I think you just sit and let it wash over you. Yeah, I guess that's nice. (laughs) (laughs) Just read the paper. (laughs) (laughs) I think you just read the paper. You know what I mean? Like we all do. Yeah. Fold it up so it's a manageable sized square mm-hmm. and, you know, do yeah, it. The music's just um, in a be- better sound system. Did you, exactly. Did you play any instruments? Yeah, I feel like I I was trying to become like an indie musician, like that kind of like a Beck or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I moved to New York to be kind of like a painter slash like you know those kid kindergartner occupations where like mm-hmm. you know it, for me it was like a painter or a or a humorist or a, like and it turned in like a music mu- i uh i play guitar and keys and there's one point okay. where like a friend made me learn the drums and i played drums for their folk rock band and um but yeah, it was like there was a point where like I don't know how to do this because it all comes down to what we were talking about at the beginning of the show, learning social skills. Yeah. And like it turns out as an adult that most of the things you pursue involves inserting yourself into the community. And that's something yeah. that I'm never good at. Um, yeah. This is this is interesting because it is reminding me of my the guy who's... Um, 
theme song, my the theme, th- theme song to my podcast is Say Hi or Say Hi to Your Mom, which when he switched labels, it just went from Say Hi to Your Mom to Say Hi, but his name's Eric. And he does everything himself, like in his, like, he's definitely one of those people who's like a full band by himself. And mm-hmm. when he did my podcast years ago, he was, he said almost essentially the same thing, which was like, I love making music. And I was garbage at being in bands. Like, mm-hmm. I just was really bad at it. Like, for me, it's mm-hmm. a thing that I do better by myself at home and you know he sort of found like gave himself permission to do that um from wherever he was and not feel like you know he was supposed to Mm -hmm. have you know been in been in a band and like gone to rehearsals and stuff and like all of the sort of social side of that was just like nope yeah (laughs) not at all um uh i feel like so i there was a year I was always in a comedy and whatever, but like yeah. When you say humorous, don't think I don't want to circle back to that because that's a classic. <laughs> that's like a, such a different thing than a comedian. I yeah. mean, in my mind, you know what I mean. But yeah, but uh, I did. Uh, as far as like being able to like eventually like kind of fall into like a crew or a community was like I got laid off at one point, and I was like, oh, what am I gonna do with my unemployment or whatever but and so like I decided to uh finally take improv lessons and so that's when I learned to like laugh more because it felt uncomfortable not laughing in a small Uh classroom setting Uh when you're supposed to (laughs) um yeah yeah, so uh But it's felt okay to you. It didn't feel like fo- like did it feel forced or did it feel like oh um, okay, like this is this is opening up a channel that I had and didn't yeah, realize I like it, I enjoyed. It was more that and then like, you know, also like, you know, getting out of a breakup where it's like and becoming old enough to be like how do I make myself feel good? <laughs> so yeah, yeah, laughing was like a thing that I found out was free and felt good. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, For sure. Um, For yeah. sure. So. Was it, uh, when, how long have you known Joe? Uh, mm, prep. Because people must tell you guys all the time, like, it's su- it feels like such a beautiful, oh, like, oh, you found each other to do this thing together <laughs> in terms of, like, I mean, she's also this, like, strange, wonderful creature who is, you know, is, like, yeah. I like I loved I love talking to her because I don't ever know where the conversation is going to go and and yeah. everything about her is feels so like unexpected <laughs> in such a great way and you're very similar and so uh, I can't I just would imagine that the two of you were like hey I recognize something in you or like did that happen for you like yeah. I don't care for her. No. <laughs> I actually um, don't like her. We're like a boy band. Someone put <laughs> us together and we don't really like each other. No, I think yeah, as far as I feel like Speaking of like the universe aligning, it did feel like that. Where like, um, yeah, I saw her after a show, and like we were introduced to each other, and then, um, and then I feel like she was the first person in that scene that was like, "Oh, I get it. I get what his deal is." Um, yeah. And so she was further along, and so she started putting me in her shows and then she had the doctor game show was like a radio show at first and so she's like oh do you want to just make noises on my radio show and then 
it kind of stuck. And then, yeah, and I guess people thought I was a character and thought that Manolo <laughs> wasn't even a real name. They were like, <laughs> Is that your given name? And like, but yeah, uh, I think I would get that a lot sometimes. And um, the negative <laughs> reviews um, oh, accusing boy. me of being too charactery. Uh, well, stoned. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Or like, yeah, drunk or something. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah, that's that's how we. It's just, yeah, me saying yes and her, her vouching for me. I feel like that was the only way people would take me seriously as a comedian. I guess well, if they do that, it helps to have that. It, it definitely helps to have that person who's like, uh, all right, everybody, like, guess what? Yeah, this person's great. This yeah. person's great. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. Hey there, I'm Ellen Weatherford. And I'm Christian Weatherford. And we've got big feelings about animals that we just got to share. On Just the Zoo of Us, your new favorite animal review podcast, we're here to critically evaluate how each animal excels and how it doesn't, rating them out of 10 on their effectiveness, ingenuity, and aesthetics. Guest experts give you their takes informed by actual, real-life experiences studying and working with very cool animals like sharks, cheetahs, and sea turtles. It's a field trip to the zoo for your ears. So if you or your kids have ever wondered if a pigeon can count, why sloths move so slow, or how a spider sees the world, find out with us every Wednesday on Just the Zoo of Us in its natural habitat on MaximumFun.org. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I gotta play this match game with you. Okay. Um, I, and I apologize that this podcast was not twenty minutes long. I feel very self conscious <laughs> now that the exact right set. No, it, maybe I could div- maybe I could chop it up into twenty minute <laughs> segments and then release each twenty minutes separately. Yeah, no. That was good. Did you know that I, I used to have like a internet radio show and I had I would do I would have people play a similar game. Not match. Really? It was. It was uh, it was like one of the, I called it like a Cosmo quiz game where it's yeah, the thing yeah. where it's like what do you it's like what's your favorite animal and what's your favorite wild oh, animal. Oh yeah. Oh and you like sort of and then it's like, there's like an analysis of other person's personality yeah, that sort of arises that. out of that. Yeah. I would do I that, love that and then the other one would be like uh guess when a minute has passed. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you'd have to sit in silence. Yeah. I would time it, see if it matches. Do you feel it. like, I guess I feel like, see, that's the thing that seems like it would be easier to me just because I feel like, but I guess everyone feels like that. Like everyone must be like, okay. And then they, in their mind, they think they count to 60 and then maybe they're just wrong about when that 60 seconds was up. Yeah, it's. Or is that like card counting where you're not supposed to sort of be counting the seconds in your head? You're supposed <laughs> to just like organically not be doing that and then think. Uh, I would. I would feel like people were more accurate when we, when they did the Mississippis. Um, okay. It's fun. If you ever want to do it, give it a whirl. Be so easy to cheat. Like I have, I'm oh, recording yeah. guess, my end, yeah. so all I could I, I could just flip over to the records part. That's true. And not the screen, and just be staring at it, counting down. But that is cheating. I guess it's a more in person thing when you're yeah. bored at a bar or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
All right. All right. I won't make you uh, guess when a minute has passed. Okay. Um, but I will ask you to answer these questions off the cuff, knowing that I'm asking you to make lifetime alternate universe decisions that you have zero time to actually consider because you have to say them all off the cuff. <laughs> um, so good luck with the rest of your alternate universe life mm-hmm. and the very important choices you're about to make. Um the first category I'll do is let's do three tattoos <laughs> that you would be okay with having. Three tattoos, maybe you won't be okay with any of them, but let's three tattoos that you would have perhaps gotten because you said that you thought you'd be okay with it. So let's let's solidify it. Three tattoos that you got when you were a teenager, you could have got when you were a teenager that you would not feel tempted to cover up with something else now. That I wouldn't feel that I'd be like cool with. I yeah, ideally you would have to be like it wouldn't be an option. It'd be like no, you're gonna have to live with this. Uh, could I say like something that I doodled? Yeah. On homework. Yeah. <laughs> like I, homework doodle. Homework doodle. Okay, that's number one. Um. Uh, Christopher Walken's face. Amazing. <laughs> Perfect. Um, and then uh, what was I into back then? It's all a blur. Um, I think when we were talking about it before, you said there was a possibility you might have like an astronauty kind of thing. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You might be like, like a, pe- peaceful enough about a toy robot, I guess. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah. Okay. All right, great. Uh, next category, let's do three places in the world that it would be cool to have another home, um, and we can sort of teleport you there so you don't have to worry about traveling. Mm, uh, mm, my motherland, the Philippines. Great. <laughs> um, uh, ooh, uh, a brutalist house in the Pacific Northwest within great. earshot of the ocean. Great. Because I don't. I don't like. I just like hearing the ocean, but I don't like. I don't like the beach or anything. Yeah. Um, I can relate to that. I definitely. I get excited to go to the beach on a day when it's like extremely foggy and windy, and it does. I no one's expecting me to take anything off. Yeah. Um. Okay, and then uh, the. Uh, I don't know. Like, <laughs> you know, like I've. I don't have a lot of experience with uh, Asian cities. But it's, you know, like the the nightlife in like, you get it kind of in like a Wong Kar Wai movie where like everything's kind of tight and claustrophobic and like lit yeah. by neon lights and stuff. Yeah. Basically what uh, Ridley Scott was like <laughs> made the idea of Blade Runner from. Yeah. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. I feel like I wouldn't like it, but I romanticize living in a, like a hovel and like those like weird streets and yep this the the ground is always wet for some reason yeah because it looks it looks better when you're filming of course of course (laughs) um (laughs) i guess that wasn't the best kept secret of sitting that i just dropped on everybody no i was just agreeing with you um okay next is three bands that never did make it past the level that it which you were excited about them and um, you can uh, like they could you could have them like compose an album for you. It doesn't have to be like you're going to see a show of theirs. It could be like like 
they create sort of a soundtrack that somehow captures like some aspects of like your emotions and going through day to day? Um, okay. Uh, man. And this is, again, an opportunity for you to take away the success of any <laughs> band who got too big for you. We could strip them of that and keep them small and indie. No, no that just makes me feel obnoxious. <laughs> Gosh, man, I was such a prick when I was young. <laughs> Uh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay, so also know that that can expand out to just be any any musician yeah. you want. We can sort of, um, they can create a soundtrack for you, be it a band or a composer or a singer-songwriter or whatever you want. Okay, uh, okay. I'll go with my, my uh, bands I liked as a, a wee one. Uh, okay. Man or Astro Man. Um, uh, low and soul coughing okay great okay next uh one let's do three movies that you can jump into whenever you want you're not reliving the plot you're just going into that world and being able to sort of stay in it as long as you feel like movies can tv shows Mm -hmm. oh you can do tv shows it could be a combination of either or both okay okay uh cowboy bebop it's just like I want to be in a bar listening to sad jazz in space. Um, Absolutely. And we're presumably you're talking about the animated version, not the recent uh, live action. Yeah. Although I feel like I was the only person who was cool with Did it. Did you like Yeah. I didn't see it, uh, I, I, so I don't know. Yeah, but... I think the people didn't like but I was like, this is cool. I could stare at that guy all day. Sure. Um, uh... I think uh, Return to Oz. Oh, that was so wild. It would be cool to domesticate a wheeler. <laughs> Just kind of. <laughs> the wheelers. Remember wheelers? I definitely remember. Cool that was idea. scary. Yeah. Scary. Speaking of a speaking of a thing that was like, oh, there's like a weird like follow up to The Wizard of Oz that no one has seen or talks about. That's mm-hmm. like way darker and mm-hmm. like. You could sort of tell from such an early age about Fruza Bach. You were like, what's that darkness inside you? Oh, uh, yeah. That was cast right, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. Okay, great. Uh, and then what's your last one? Um, uh, let's just say Party Girl. Great. 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 Okay. Um, uh, speaking of uh, girls I have a crush on, uh, loving Parker Posey. Of course. Um, three... I had a big crush on her. Okay. Well, that's the next okay. category is okay, okay. all due respect to your wonderful girlfriend in this <laughs> alternate universe. Unfortunately, somehow you've never met. So these are three people. They could be, again, yeah, characters from a film, could be actors, could be writers, could be cartoons, uh, any age, any era. Three people you'd like to have some romance or sexy times with in this alternate universe. Gosh. <laughs> um... Yeah, back when I was a hornball. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's say. And it was written all over your face. No, it was not written all over your face. No one knew. Yeah, it was. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, let's say 90s Parker Posey. Uh, yeah. Ooh. Uh, Amy Mann from Till Tuesday. <gasps> My friend Amy Mann? I know. T- 
sellers. I could I, not support that more. <laughs> I, I mean, so she's awkward. beautiful and amazing really now, but it's just you. yeah, yeah. Uh, no, she, yeah. Uh, and um, ooh, Modesty Blaze from the movie Modesty Blaze. Okay, great. Uh, next category is three skills that you would love to wake up with tomorrow and you're just expert at them. Communicating. <laughs> great. Uh, can I just say work ethic? Sure. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Okay, I'll say work ethic. I didn't know how broad that was. Not that I'm lazy. It's just, you know. No, I have, I mean, people think that I have a really strong work ethic because I've done a lot of stuff, mm -hmm. but... Uh, what they fail to understand is that, like, pretty much every morning I still wake up and I'm like, ah, like, I don't really feel like doing any of this. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. Even though in the end, I'm so glad I did and I enjoy it. There's still like a part of me that just wants to wake up and be like, oh, I'm going to blaze through this day mm -hmm. and it's going to be so fabulous and I'm going to make great stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, I wish I had that. OK, so work exactly. ethic. Great. Love it. Um, and last one. Jumping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, how, not parkour. How, <laughs> how much? <jump>. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that was maybe going to be my question. Where do you see it coming to use? Because I definitely have dreams and like even even have creative sort of I, what I I have to assume is a false memory of it being a younger person on summer nights in Tucson when it's finally not hot anymore. You have to wait till like midnight, but it does cool off. Like it doesn't do that on the East Coast. I understand. Mm -hmm. Um. And just being able to run in, like, dry, cool weather oh, after gosh. it's been, like, so hot, I felt like I had, like, like I was bounding. Really? I felt like I was, and I still have dreams where I can cross a great distance mm -hmm. of, like, several feet <laughs> without having to touch the ground. And I'm not flying. Of course. And I'm not gliding. Of course. I'm just sort of bounding, bounding. slowly. That's like <laughs> It's like that... a walking, like astronaut walking on the moon kind of thing, but... Less clunky. That's the hipster version of flying in your dreams. <laughs> just like, <laughs> yeah. Just enough. Like, no. Um, yeah. Yeah. Jumping. Great. Jumping. Okay. Next category, three foods, uh, three foods that you would love to have. Uh, there's zero ramifications. So it's not eating too much of it is not going to make you feel sick. It's not bad for the environment. All these things have sort of been um, th tossed away in this uh, alternate universe, mm -hmm. wish fulfillment world. Uh, and you, it's not the only thing you're eating. You can just have this thing wherever you, whenever you want, whenever you want. Oh, wow. Well, um, lasagna. Great. Um, ramen. Yeah. And can cheeseburgers and fries count as one? Yes. And if not, the fries would be in the cheeseburger. <laughs> just kind of <laughs> exactly. Like... I was gonna say, it, it doesn't really matter. You mm. could just like hide them inside the cheeseburger, take them back out, yeah, yeah, and you're yeah, still yeah. eating cheeseburgers or fries. Yeah, so that. you're fine. And maybe you're fine. Maybe put a burrito in there too, like <laughs> as like a compartment. <laughs> Ah, the burrito compartment, <laughs> of course, of yeah. course. Um, speaking of uh, compartments that you wouldn't necessarily expect to find somewhere, give me three, uh, we're going to give you sort of magical r extra room in your place where it's not, physics are not uh, at issue here. So you can open the room, it can be a big, as big or small as you want, but three uses, three ways hmm. in which the room would be set up. So it could be like a room that's also a forest somehow, but it could oh, also be wow. like a room that is your... 
work ethic room where you go in and like everything's just like all the things you could ever feel up to doing or just ready sitting in a pristine way for you three rooms i was just thinking of that like um like if having a house where each room is a different comfortable writing area yeah okay so um, we'll give you your right you want me to give you a writing room okay let's have a writing room which has natural sun and uh and a babbling brook great and then um a room where it's like you know bars like a you know like a bar in the daytime where it's like naturally lit like all the lights are off but all the lights are coming in and it's all oak and shit one of those guys and then uh just something with ooh, conversation pits Something oh, with a conversation pit. Absolutely. Whenever I see those pictures on the internet, I'm like, I don't why don't they exist? I know. We had one family we were friends with one family who had a conversation pit and I felt like going into their house was like going into another world. Like right. I think they also had their son at some point did have a race car bed. Also, <laughs> there was a lot of like wish fulfillment going on there. They were yeah. well, fairly wealthy, and I we absolutely were the opposite of that. And so it really was like was oh my god! Like it, there was something so magical yeah. about having a like this is your living room, but you can just change the levels in it to where you should have mm-hmm. like an open hole that's like carpeted. What what why are why isn't everyone doing this? Right. Was it properly utilized? Like where people actually like yeah. hey let's sit. Yeah, they were chilling in the conversation pit. What a dream! Is it just not? Oh, it's great. Is it just not emphasized these days? Like, I mean, it might be an expense that at yeah. some point people just decided was like, it like, like oh, you'll never be able to rearrange your. That's you know what true. I mean? Like, or like you have to dig deeper into the found. The foundation has to be. Now I'm really getting into <laughs> this. Like, the, I'm getting into. Like yeah, this. is it is it that are people digging or are they raising the floor? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, I I don't know. I guess I assumed that you had to dig because I'm imagining putting one in my house and you'd really have to dig like well, a good ways to make that happen. Do people still do that when they think of We're a... Have to find out. A, a, like when they think of like a house or whatever, apartment or something, do they choose their living space based on how they could host parties? I doubt it. Okay. Boy, I'll tell you what. I really doubt it right now. After the oh, last gosh, two years, yeah. I'm sure people are like, no, give me the most bang for my buck. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Imagining I have to live here and never leave it ever again mm-hmm. and no one ever comes here. That's true. <laughs> That's probably how. It'd be interesting to find out like how the the people who can't afford to like build new homes in this era, like what are people leaning towards or is it the opposite and i'm totally wrong and everyone's like so thirsty and hungry for the idea of being able to have people over (laughs) that even people who don't like hosting are now like and i'll want a big screened in porch for all my friends to come over and i want six sofas yeah just like overcompensating instead of like a conversation pit it's like the orgy pit i don't know but uh (laughs) which i guess probably would need to be a tiny bit longer You're, you're not wrong you're not wrong um okay i need you to give me a word that uh at least partially uh describes kind of how you felt when you woke up this morning Mm. um okay so i woke up and i think the first thing i thought was did it work okay so curious (laughs) i guess so we just got a a white noise machine (laughs) 
We just got a white noise <laughs> machine because <laughs> okay, because uh, because uh, you know because it's some, we just moved here like the end of last summer, and um, and now that it's summer again, uh, we're at the street. We're facing the street side, so the we get yep. a lot of like loud bad music, drive-bys and stuff. Sure. And so there is a point where it's like, man, I have to. We either have to put the bedroom in the middle room or or yep. do something and so yeah so the cheap version was getting a, a white noise machine so like since we got it which was like two days ago every time I yeah. wake up was like wait did I did it did a car drive by yeah and I just didn't notice yeah. it <laughs> okay so, so hopeful so yeah maybe even more so than curious like yeah I guess yeah. Well, listen, I don't want to put words in your mouth. This is very important. No. It's going to determine the entire future of your... Yeah, no. The one am I paying I, you for? I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'll, I'm going to expand it, and it's just going to be, did it work? Okay, did it work. Let's just keep it Let's keep it ex- exactly like organically as you said it. Um, they might even be the same amount of letters. Don't, don't ever quote me on that. I don't think <laughs> hopeful and did it work are the same amount of letters, but... Um, okay, then I'll do hopeful. Okay, uh, while I quickly do some very magical math, mm. not even math, that will get you to your 100% guaranteed alternate universe mash life, will you please tell people where they can find you? And um, you can be as literal about that as you want. I don't know, you're probably a private person, but mm. uh, what, they sh- what they should be checking out of yours. And um, you can definitely stop talking and we will edit out any uncomfortable <laughs> silences um, um well there's dr game show with joe firestone also on the maximum fun network yes indeed. um sorry if you had to hear our commercials but um i swear it's better than <laughs> what you think it is <laughs> or not maybe it's not good um also i'm an animator and so uh you could check out my cartoons or some uh on i don't know i guess you could follow we're we're working on one now and i'm excited about it because uh we're making a puppet for it too it's gonna be like a crossbreed thing it's called koala koalo um Uh so yeah follow me on instagram at (laughs) manolo something and uh hopefully it'll be out by then I don't know. Okay. All things that people need to be doing. Uh, hang on just a second. I'm getting very close to the end. Oh, did you want me to still talk? I could still talk. Um, I mean, if you want to, but we can also uh, edit out silent. But if you wanted to fill, the, fill it with sounds, I'm also great with that. <laughs> oh, I've retired that. <laughs> I, I'm not, I don't know how I was able to do it. It's kind of like... Every time you look at your past, you're like, how was I able to do that? Yeah. Oh, boy. I definitely understand that. Well, guess what? In all of this, I do have the results of your mash. All right. I am very hopeful that you are hopeful that uh, this is going to be what you um, would have hoped would happen. So, uh, first of all, I want to congratulate you. I mean, there's some stuff happening here that I really like. Um, I love the fact that you have this brutalist home in the Pacific Northwest yes. with an earshot of the ocean. 
But if you feel like you need to go into a different room to write, there is also this like beautiful, naturally lit room with a babbling brook. Um, so you have your two different inspiring mm-hmm. white noise water sounds. Oh, perfect. Uh, feels like almost an embarrassment of riches, but I'm, <laughs> I'm okay with it. Um, I guess it's also, you also have an apartment. So I guess the, I guess the, it's an apart, it's a brutalist apartment. <laughs> Just jutting out of a building with. <laughs> plastic side possibly yeah just because this apartment doesn't mean there are other people around you that you have neighbors Mm -hmm. it's just essentially an apartment in the middle of nowhere very well uh so it's still very private still very private but it is an apartment um you have the ability to jump and by the way when i say jump i mean literally and figuratively (laughs) you can jump extremely well in any situation certainly you can use those jumping skills to jump into return to oz (laughs) and good luck domesticating one of those wheelers Um, it's gonna be great i could imagine they would respond positively to endless lasagna access uh which you do have so not only would that be fun for you perhaps it'll become in come in useful um in that regard you have a very cool uh old homework doodle um, (laughs) tattooed somewhere on your body and you have a a soundtrack sort of you can say it's a never-ending soundtrack by low that um that sort of helps capture your feelings and moods depending on whatever they are in a given day and then perhaps most awkwardly you have ended up with a slightly earlier era Amy Mann for all of this and I feel like she would be on board for every single one of these things I mean you're gonna try to tell me she doesn't want to like you know I mean I'm sure you won't ever let her in your writing room because it's like your sanctity or whatever (laughs) but uh, she could go wherever she wants all of these things sound pretty damn good Um, so that my friend is what is happening for you Yay. In this mash world that you've created, uh, well done. If only you Very were well a wishmaster. If if only, wink, wink. Hey. Uh, pack your bags. <laughs> They're ready. Packed. Pack your bags. What would you pack if I was like, pack your bags? <laughs> this is just a bucket. This hack. is where you're going. <laughs> Um, the last thing that I uh, open up as a possibility for my Boys of Summer series is if you think you have any inclination or any inkling rather of what Don Henley's song Boys of Summer is or sounds like, um, I feel <laughs> welcome to speak sing it or sing some of it or replace it with what you think it should sound like or like a summer, a song that sort of makes you think of summer, like a like oh. a like a summary song um, in your wheelhouse of things. And you don't have to like, how does it go know, again? For, uh, is this just your way of tricking me into? No, 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 no. You could just do like three words or something. It's like, well, the one that the, the thing that seemed to stick with people the most is uh, out on the road today. I saw a dead head sticker on a Cadillac. That's like the verse. And then the chorus is, I can see you. Oh, your brown okay. skin shining in the sun. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not like a words person. Like I'm the guy in the, yeah karaoke who's like oh i want to do this song but i don't remember how it goes at all yeah but um okay for instead of doing sounds um for dr game show i started playing the guitar yeah so i have a guitar great with me <laughs> great <laughs> if you pan down and you've been holding a guitar <laughs> this time. entire time i'm super no, impressed it was just, it was just against the wall it happened to be nearby yeah, okay yeah, this yeah. is very exciting um, all right. 
Oh, also, thanks so much for having me as a boy of summer. Oh my gosh, uh, I, really I was excited it. about it. We, I, I, uh, I'm a fan. Oh, thanks. Um, which I guess I made clear when I started going off oh. on the magical Joe Manolo uh, game show combo. I too am a fan. All right. <laughs> now I have that song <laughs> in my head. Good. of any summer song ever born from the moment yeah. i love it i'm gonna thank go you on for a shame indulging spiral. me <laughs> <laughs> that's how i end all my podcasts <laughs> curled up under the desk i do too right i on. do too right. Fred. don't you even worry okay um all right everybody i hope that you will be uh checking out all of the wonderful things um that we have given you as options and uh i will talk to you next time on the podcast I never know how to end these things. <laughs> shame spiral, shame spiral, shame spiral. Shame The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Hey, remember one We could save kittens from trees Or lunch on skyscrapers Bring the villains to their knees Maybe we should MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned Audience supported